Welcome back to Furloughs and Highs. My name is Aideen McGeehan and this is potentially my last episode, uh, unless I get other interesting interview opportunities that might pop up along the way. But um, this ends on the perfect topic though, and that is redundancy. The whole reason why I started this podcast was because I was put on furlough and I wanted to reach out to others that were having similar experiences to me and that's why I spoke with psychologists and writers and other fellow furloughees just so you know we can understand and help each other during this time since the coronavirus has impacted my business and many other businesses. Um, Unfortunately it has ended for me with my uh, company they've had to make us redundant because they just can't you know essentially afford us but I speak with Lisa Callanan um, in this episode and I relate a lot to Lisa, to her experience of redundancy. And she even wrote a book and this book is called Surviving the Axe and she'll talk about it in more detail within this episode. But I did want to give my experience um, to date because I think it'll be helpful for anyone that is listening that is going through it at the minute. And, you know, you're not alone. What you're feeling is very normal and very natural. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just want to make sure that, you know, maybe any tips and advice I can give will be helpful towards you. And the tips I would have would be, I know redundancy processes can feel very impersonal, but I would recommend if you're close to your boss, you know, reach out to them to get advice and, you know, they might be going through it with you as well, potentially. And if not, you know, they'll be able to guide you and your team potentially is going through it with you as well, like it has been for me. And they've been a great support uh, in order to to kind of see how they're doing, how they're approaching certain situations and even just day-to-day life. Um, I have a consultancy group as well and they've been absolutely brilliant and because it's good to kind of talk to people and to make sure that you're, you know, even ticking all the right boxes because you want to make sure you get a good package out of this at the same time too. But um, I know it can be really tough, but I think the most important thing is to stay positive. And I know it sounds, says it's easier said than done, but it is something that I think it's really important to try your best at doing and whatever it is that makes you happy, um, keep doing that. Um, I'm sure many of you are on the job search and the job hunt at the minute. I know I am and I want everyone to know that it's okay to get all those no's. I think some people are afraid to admit that but I could I have countless amount of no's or not hearing people hearing back from people so just be aware that that's just the climate that we're in. You know, I have applied for many jobs where I'm seeing 800 other applicants are applying for the same job. So you're not getting that first round interview because it could be someone internally is going for that job. So I may know someone within your within their own network that's in the company. So that's another tip that I would give um, would be to reach out to people. Don't be afraid and don't be embarrassed by the situation. If you know someone's in that business, Make sure that you do tell them, look, I'm really interested in this job. Um, you know, can you give me any advice? Can you refer me? Because people are going to know that, you know, COVID-19 has impacted your career, the climate at the minute, and it's a very understanding situation. So don't be afraid to reach out. Um, I know that's what I've been doing. And to stay confident. 
Lisa provides some really great tips on that actually within this episode. Um, you know, you need to consider this as like a sideways step. Um, and potentially this could open up to an even better opportunity for you, potentially even a promotion um, that you've been waiting for. Maybe it's been that moment where you haven't been happy in your job anyways, and this has just given you that opportunity to finally make that move and to try something different. And when you're going through the interview process, don't be ashamed of being made redundant. You know, this is something you could not control. You want to make sure that you go into these interviews confident in your experience and your knowledge and even the resilience that you've built up from going through something like this. So be proud of what you've done and the experience you've gained to date. Um, Those are essentially my tips so far in the journey that I'm going through at the minute. But now I think it's time to start this episode with Lisa, as I believe she provides some very helpful tips. I know she helped me and I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Furloughs and Highs. Today, I will be talking with Lisa O'Callaghan, who is an experienced marketing professional. Not only is Lisa an impressive businesswoman, but she has also written a book, and this book is called Surviving the Axe. So hence why the title of this episode is Surviving Furlough. I have Lisa on today because she has experienced redundancy in the past and has started documenting her experiences and those of her affected colleagues. I believe this is an important topic to discuss because for some of us, furlough is not the end of this COVID journey. For people like myself, we are now at risk of redundancy as businesses are struggling to cope with the current economic climate. So hi, Lisa, and thank you hi, so much for joining me. Yeah, it's so great to have you. Um, you too. I think this topic is definitely going to help a lot of people, including myself today. Um, so look, normally I would have asked this opening question to my previous guests based on being put on furlough. Um, mm-hmm. But instead, uh, this is about redundancy. So if you don't mind, maybe take us through how you initially felt when you were informed that you were going to be made redundant? Yeah, well, you know, I remember never being that panicked about it. And I do think I was naive, definitely. But I also wasn't burdened by, at the time, I wasn't burdened by mortgages or children. But like the PLCs were typical. I mean, we found it on the news. You know, mm-hmm. that's what we really found out. Yeah. And, you know, over time and stages, they just decided to let people shut down groups, shut down development groups, because we were a a mobile software arm of a big PLC. Mm-hmm. So they just basically just put a knife into the mobile, the Irish mobile arm and shut down various projects. But um, yeah, we found out on, on, on the, the, the city's told first, then, then the news, uh, then the, the media are told. And then they just kind of basically said every month, you know, be at your desk at X amount of time because 25 years going on Friday. So you'd sit there and wait for a phone call. Wow. So the following week, it's say 105 of you are going next week at your feed your desk at two o'clock or feed your desk at 10 o'clock. And, you know, the first few times it felt like a shock. After a while, it was just like, no one cares. It's like, whatever. But I do remember at the time noticing people were panicked. And they were the people who had been there a long time or had burdens like like kids and mortgages. And, and, and they were also clued into how the market, the IT market, which was in 2001, 2002 was when it was really, really bad. Um, 2003 as well. 
um, a lot of industries that they weren't affected by the IT um, um, meltdown, the share price meltdown, um, just don't remember it, but it did devastate the IT industry in Ireland and the world. Major telcos, you know, needed bailouts, uh, went to the wall, and a lot of software companies too did as well. So I was out with an awful lot of my friends who also worked in the IT industry, which was many of them. Um, and uh, honestly, we were just, it was a waiting game. We were in this kind of, you know, kind of holding pattern, waiting for it to kind of fall on us. Um, lot, nothing to do. And in fact, that's why I, I started writing at that point. I just did yeah. it to amuse myself. Right. I just did it to amuse right. my colleagues yeah. and send it to my friends in other companies who were kind of, are you gone yet? If you want this email, you know, are you, I am constantly joking that people had their voice messages changed to hilarious comments you know hi if you don't hear from me at two o'clock it's gonna have that it's because i've been let go you know people got really facetious about it yeah so yeah so i I was just writing we were kind of writing about what happens to people like about their their um their personalities and what comes out of people when they're sitting around waiting for redundancy to to hit and i and, and we were all just laughing and adding to it and i just knew the editor of the business editor of the tribune Mm-hmm. just on a personal level and I threw it over to him and he had a supplement he did a supplement going on and at the very back of the supplement he threw it in wow. and because he threw it in that encouraged me to kind of just keep writing but I th- but I do remember my reality check didn't come then it came later yeah. and I realized that the world had changed mm-hmm. and I made a lot of mistakes as well but but the process itself was was pretty so, you know, it was a joke, actually. It was a total joke. We were just sitting around. But I'd never remembered, because I had a plan to do my master's, to um, set up my own business, get married. I just assumed it would all roll in that, you know, order. And it, it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> in a few months, you know, um, it didn't. And that's when I started having my moment of, oh, no, this might have been a really bad decision. This may have been a really backward step. But the process itself... I kind of went through it without even realizing it. I never really thought it through, except that parts of it were genuinely a joke, finding out or waiting around. But um, um, uh, but what was your next question was 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 the aftermath? Yeah, so yeah, exactly. So pretty much, it's like as you, I think you even answered. To be fair, my next question: Had you mentally prepared for the news? And it sounds like um, you had that time in work to prepare um, and it wasn't a complete surprise even if it came from the news you know yourself and then having everyone being told at different times in work and I think and we'll get into that a bit later as well I think your humor uh, is definitely you know like a really great surviving tactic as well in order to kind of get through it but I think a point you made as well which I know even for me during myself through this process from going to furlough first before being told that we're now at risk of redundancy was that I had those same thoughts. Like I'm not, I don't have children. I don't have family. I don't have a mortgage. Um, and that kind of was like my, my mentality. But I think what you're going to get to it now is that you do have that moment eventually though throughout the time being like, oh, whoa, you know, this, this still is impacting me. Obviously you feel for other people and everyone's situation is different. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, how long do you think it took you to accept you know the fact that you were made redundant, and what were those? I yeah, suppose, the first I mean, few it was a couple of like. it was a couple of it was a couple of months after when um, the master's thing didn't pan out because my topic, I, I did I wasn't very late in putting the topic in, and they didn't allow it for different mm-hmm. reasons. And then I um, I was trying to set up a business, and then I was trying to do other pro- contracts, and I was just failing at both because I was 
pulled in too many directions. And um, and then I was getting married a few months after that. So it didn't work out. My, my, my plan didn't work out. And, and the lesson I had to learn was just because the plan doesn't work out doesn't mean that it's been a backward step. Because it can feel, it can feel like you've stepped into a dark void and you're kind of, hang, the real you is hanging up somewhere in a closet with a suit on you, waiting to go again. And, and the kind of failure failed you the failure you is kind of walking around like a zombie mm-hmm. I rem- I look back on that and I say that was so wrong you know um you, you have to take a sideways step it's a journey it's not a, it's it's, not, it's a state of mind but it's not it's not your permanent um situation it's not it's nothing to do with you it's just you're caught in a in a, in a hurricane mm-hmm. and you have to hang on but you have to you when I look back at my time I say well you know, I'm glad I did the creative writing program because I did the creative writing program really just to kind of, I was still hanging out with my friends. Some of them were salespeople, got jobs. Some of them went to the UK. A lot of them went to the UK or the States or whatever. So, um, or got, went into family businesses. So but there was still a good group of us months later we're still trying to find work. And some, we, some of us were offered jobs that were way less than we, we were earning. Mm-hmm. hadn't been earning and we'd said no to them and we we're kind of thinking are we stupid should we just be learning earning anything anywhere doing anything mm-hmm. rather than being at home but I when I was in the creative writing course the, the lady asked us to write about what's impacting on you now you know this is about you finding your authentic voice and I began to tell the truth about how I was really feeling because up to that point I wasn't really I was just putting on a brave face and I talked about the fact of feeling a complete failure feeling like I'd, you know I had you know, I dabbled with voluntary redundancy, which put me in the firing line when they when they did shut it down. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of thought, God, did I do the wrong wrong thing? Um, is the real me hanging up somewhere? Is it is 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 it was just a huge backward step that I'm now going to be you know covering up in my CV because I'm ashamed of it. And I, and a lot of people who were at the table, I was I wrote a poem about it, and they were looking at me like, so you had to take a side step, a sideways step in life. You've got to you got to be a bit more creative. You're still the same person. You have all the same experience. You have all the same knowledge, all the same, you know, uh, achievements. But on top of that, now you've got wisdom, clarity, you know, resilience. You've got all these other qualities that you would never realize you have on top of the experience that you had. That doesn't go away. Yeah. It, you don't, it, no, nobody presses the reset button to zero. You still have all those achievements. And I find myself like, you know, writing down every day, like what I've achieved, what people said about me in different reviews, what people had said about said about me in kind of in in references, and I'm reading it and reading it and reading it because it's, it, I started to feel like a lesser person, and that's the biggest mistake you can make is to feel like a lesser person. You're actually a better person. You're a bigger person mm-hmm. having gone through this journey because it's this layer on top of everything else you've achieved. Because if you stay in a job, you could just be going doing the same thing all the time, not really challenged, get into process, get into knowing how to do things. And really, does it really challenge you? Redundancy will challenge you. Yeah. It will challenge you emotionally, financially, everything, socially. It will challenge you in so many ways. Yeah. And it's up to you to prove to yourself that if I can survive this, I'm in a better position. I'm stronger. And I found myself in interviews. And I've often been at the other, receiving, and I've been the interviewer, interviewing people who've come off redundancy. And you want to, you want to shake them, but I know how they feel. Yeah. They feel embarrassed and they feel like, they have to justify themselves and they feel like mm-hmm. they have to they have to kind of cover it up yeah and you're kind of going well, don't make that time matter make you matter you matter and everything you do matters everything you you do in your spare time um but it, it's 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 a mentality and we're, we're not made to feel good about ourselves when we're doing it 
We're just not. I mean, if everybody had a million euros uh, payoff, we'd be delighted to get redundancy. It would be like something to aspire to. It'd be like an achievement in life. Yay, it was made redundant. But we do kind of, we bring shame on us ourselves. And it's yeah. so ridiculous. You should never feel shame about being forced through a journey. You know, it's like people who get ill or like people who have to move house. It's like, yeah. it's painful. It's painful and it's, it's scary. And you've got to dig deep. You've got to get creative and make your time matter. But like, it's a journey that's going to make you stronger. Yeah. Or, 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 or weaker if you allow yourself to become bitter. And I do know people who have allowed themselves to get to get really bitter about the process and feeling mm. that they were badly treated and they possibly were. They possibly yeah. were. But there's nothing you can do. So I do, I think I, when I started writing and people were reacting to what I was writing, saying, God, that's very negative. God, you're being very hard on yourself. Yeah. And then I realised that I was reflecting an awful lot of what I was hearing from my own friends too. Yeah. You know, that kind of ducking people or where we were out at a restaurant and this these people came in and one of my friends kind of ducked and said oh I can't I can't have them talk to me because I haven't had done a job yet and I can't talk to them until I have a job because they were like they were kept on and I wasn't and we all kind of covered up covered her up to you know to give the impression that she wasn't there afterwards I was thinking this is terrible we bring such unnecessary shame and yeah. unnecessary mental stress when we don't need to you know, when our energy should be spent on on surviving financially, which is very, very important, but surviving psychologically, but making your time matter. Exactly. If this is a time you may not get again, ever, ever, ever in your life. Make it matter. You know, make it matter to you, you know, because because nobody else will give you permission to do it. No. no one cares. And I think you're right in that. And that is where I, I'm so happy you mentioned all of those things, because I think that's probably, if not the biggest struggle, it is that shame factor. And even for the, even the furlough step to the redundancy stage of this, and that a lot of people will be going through is, you know, what did I do wrong? What did I not do well in order to keep my job? And, and as you said, it's like, these are such on like, precedented times it's like the word that's being used <laughs> constantly but um yeah you know you you cannot control what has happened to the environment and the type of businesses you might be in where they just cannot financially take on as many people as they used to and I did the exact same thing as you and I think I mentioned it in another podcast as well where I had to write down all of the things as you just said you know all the achievements I made all the positive feedback I was being given from you know my my bosses or anyone else and to remind myself like no I am a good worker I did everything I possibly could this was a situation I couldn't control but what I can control is my mindset and what I can control is how do I want to move forward but as you said not everyone is e- is equipped with those skills and and those coping mechanisms um and it and I think this podcast and what you're saying it will just help reinforce that for those people even more so to say that and I know that feeling yeah Yeah. I know that feeling I Mm -hmm. I I, you know I stared into that dark abyss many many days yeah particularly when you really expected something to come through and it didn't and you're like wait a minute like did they sense that I was because I was unemployed that I was I I wasn't up to it Mm -hmm. I know it's just maybe they just decided not to go with the job or they just decided to hire somebody internally or something, you yeah. know, and, and would you take it so personally? Yes. Everything that happens then you think, well, that's because of that. And it, it more often than not is nothing to do with your situation and to detach from that. But I, I could never criticize anybody for doing that because I did it myself a million I times. I beat myself up yeah. over, you know, not being smart, not hanging on, not knowing this person. I should have got to know that person when it, it actually is just, just so random. Um, and, and like you said, the only thing you can control is 
it's my time now. Yeah. I can I can let it beat me down. I can stare at that dark abyss and maybe maybe even fall into it. I can I can lose this can be a lot a loss period in my life, or it can be a growth period in my life. It can be it can be it can be painful and uh, angry, or it can be a, a, a time for rebirth. You know, so it's it's like it can make you or it can break you, but only you can decide. You know, and, I, and it took me a while to realize this is my decision. I'm yeah. I'm in this mood. I'm sitting there feeling sorry for myself. I've just made a decision to do that. And you know, you, we do all those self sabotage things. You know, we Google people we worked with, and then they, you see them working somewhere like oh my god why didn't I apply for that job or they were so clever or they were so much cleverer than me they must have known or you start to beat yeah. yourself up yeah. over over missed opportunity or or um when when really when I look back and go, go what a waste of my energy and time because yeah. it meant nothing it was never going to change the outcome I was just there in the wrong place at the wrong time and I'm sw- I'm swimming off um um, and like I know that people are going to go, it's easier for you because you're back on track. But 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 the truth is, the, the money situation was worrying. I think that did play my mind. You see the yeah. bank balance and lower and lower and lower and lower and lower. I'm like, oh God! And we do put ourselves worth around our money, and we do put ourselves worth around our our job titles. But it forced me, it forced me, never to do that again. I just said, no matter what's in my bank balance, it's never going to affect how I feel about myself. Yeah. And no matter what job title I have or none, I'm never going to let it define me mm-hmm. or define my importance in the world. Because I think it did. I think it does for a lot of people. With job title and salary go, they don't know who they are. Yeah. They genuinely don't. Um, and that's that forced me to kind of, I had to take control of that, you know. And my friends had to, because then I found myself getting cross with some of my friends. But it was, ju- it was during that creative writing course that, I was forced to write about it, and the, the, the tutor was kind of saying to me, "Okay, write about that. Well, write about that." Or, 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 or I'd moan, or I'd, I, but some interviews that went horribly wrong because I went for you know the wrong job, and then I realised, oh, this is the wrong job. I don't know why I'm going for this because I'm desperate, and then it goes badly wrong, and you beat yourself up over it. But really, I should have said, "No, I'm not going to go for that job because I don't have the skills." But you're going for everything, and you're trying to you know randomly spread yourself around everywhere. So she said, write about that. Write about your CV. Write about the fact that your CV never fits anywhere because it's so general. You know, my, my CV is so general. I'm trying to box myself in anywhere. So she made me write about that. So I was accumulating all these kind of diary type of essay type of, you know, rants really or poems or different things. And then it kind of, it stacked up, you know, and then I just threw it aside. I got a job and I just threw it aside and never looked at it. Until I met her about three years later in Boots, actually. And she said, did you ever do anything about any of that stuff that you wrote? And I said, no, no, that's soft. That's gathering dust in some attic. And she said, I think there's something there. I think what you, the, the raw honesty that you put into that, you should not do it. I'd put it out there somewhere. Which reminded me of you, you know, put it out there. Yeah. It's, it's important to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what to do. And she gave me a, a publisher to um to talk to and they 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 bought it now they did structure they restructured around what they wanted but um but like that they saw that they saw more value in what i'd done than i had i just thought it was a waste of time i thought it was something for me to be thrown away yeah and i didn't have enough confidence in myself to ever say well maybe this could have been something that might have helped somebody else um but i was afraid too because my some of my friends would have given me stories and so i had to go back and take out a lot of kind of 
you know, obvious things about people and their names. So, uh, but once I did that and I kind of restructured it, I felt okay then, you know. Yeah, you know, but it wouldn't have been me who pushed me. It was somebody else who said, really, you should be doing this. Do more of it. And made me think again about my skills that I hadn't really considered. Um, But such is the damage, the damage that can do to you, the damage you can do to you, it can make you not believe in yourself, which is terrible. Yeah. And I, and I notice I can, I can see myself already going into that mindset and it's just, it's so hard, as you said, to kind of, to, to get out of it. And as you said, um, you know, you used your time by doing the creative writing program, which is brilliant. And thank goodness you did, because you came up with the book that way and someone helped you get to that, that point where you got it published. But I think it was for me as well. I know, I know, um, look, the microphone was already in, in the apartment, but I had the idea and I said it to my friends and then they were, they're the ones that were like, you have to do it. And they actually were like, we're holding you accountable now. Like we're waiting for it. And it was that kind of like pressure that people knew that I had the idea. And, you know, yeah. then I was like, okay, Dean, do something with your time now. And it has been like therapy for me, for sure. Being yeah, able to, yeah. to talk to yeah, people. Yeah, writing for me. Totally agree. Yeah. Writing for me was therapy. But you, but you hit upon a very important point. People withdraw. When yeah. people are going through tough times, tough, tough financial times, or tough, you know, redundancy or furlough, furlough times, they have a tendency to withdraw. They feel they have to figure it out for themselves. And I possibly did that for a while because I would, I buried myself in my plans. And then those plans didn't, didn't really pull off. And I was thinking, okay, now what do I do? And I felt like I had to figure it out before I could face the world. And that was the biggest mistake I, 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 I made. I, I wasn't connecting enough with people. I wasn't shamelessly ringing everybody I knew. It took me a while to realize that I needed to do that, anybody. And but you talked about support and you talked about people saying, come on, do it. Mm-hmm. We need it. Yeah. And the more you just come clean, the more you just show your, 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 your be honest with people. And, and, and like that, say, I have an idea to do this, you know, it's so important not, not, not to hide that, to tell people what your ideas are, because like that, you'll get the, the feedback. You better do it. I'm going to hold you accountable. Yeah. You know, I was, I was given tasks. Like I was given writing tasks that I had to fill the pages with something. I don't know if I would have written it otherwise. I think, I think I almost, I'm certain that I wouldn't have actually. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have had the impetus or the momentum to continue. So, it, so the more you come out, go out and you tell people, what you're really going through and what ideas you have like what passions you have or you know we all have these 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 dreams you say well if I had time I'd love to do this or if I money was no object I'd love to do this but then go and do it what are you waiting for you know I mean that 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 that, there's a great speech by Steve Jobs um close enough to his death so you know this man had perspective he talked about that he was it was one of those commencement dresses uh with those those um universities whatever you call them but he just got in there he was like just do what you want to do in life it doesn't matter if it doesn't come off as well as you think it's going to come off you only have one life it's going to be over in the blink of an eye mm-hmm. you, there's money to be made anywhere if you're passionate about what is deep in your heart what is true to you go for it whatever's true to you you're a fool if you don't you're not going to get happiness otherwise like it was a really passionate oh. call to arms right. for people to just followed their passions and that grit and determination. So it was a great speech. You should look it up. I um, Grit and determination is everything, mm-hmm. not qualifications, not, you know, exam results, whatever. It's all about, you know, your, your passions and your determination. 
and don't wait for people to give you permission yeah. don't wait for people to make it all right for you just go and it's a real passion you know uh, speech from somebody who knows what they're talking about who did all those things and was soon to be leaving the earth and was really trying to get something across to people and you find that with people who like my dad died recently and he was a very strong advocate of do what you want to do in life. You don't always have to, it doesn't always have to be 100% of your time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, well, money issues will mean it's going to be 20% of your time or 5% of your time, but always be pursuing your passions, no matter what percentage of your time is taken up for it. It has to be space in your life. Otherwise, life's drudge. Otherwise, life sucks, Completely. you know? And it is true. Yeah. Otherwise, your life is just a routine. It's just so the same old, same old. And we forget that. We forget to do that for ourselves. You know, yeah. we forget to be kind to ourselves. You know, the most important thing is you said there about connecting and, and being honest, being honest with people. And if you're scared, be scared. If you're worried, be worried. If you're frightened, be frightened. If you want to cry, cry. Yes. You know, be, 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 be where you want to be. Be out there with your, the true, your true self. And if you've got a little idea in your head, now's the time. This is it. This is the golden opportunity, the cosmic boot, as they call it, you know, your golden opportunity to try to be somebody else like you're doing. This could be the start of something amazing for you. Why not? You know, you know, and you made a really good point there. Like it has to be something you're passionate about and what you're really interested in. Like if I had come up with the idea, but it was on a topic that it was just uh, a bit, you know, I'm not quite hundred percent sure if I even believe in what I'm saying, or is that something I want to talk about? Because it was such a passionate topic and something that I think would truly help people I think that's what kind of helped me going I was I was really interested in this and talking to people who were going through similar situations or business owners or psychologists or someone like yourself and you know if it wasn't for something I was passionate about you know there's no point doing something you don't enjoy you're never going to want to succeed in that or continue it so you know I think a lot of people get themselves in a position where they're in a job and look as you said I'm financially stable you know don't rock this boat um but if you're not doing as at least something on the side that you're passionate about and that you love like you're not you're, you're not going to be fully happy with the, the one life as you say that yeah, you're it, given exactly and it elevates your entire life it lights up your entire life yeah. when you have a little bit of space in your life for your passions and it does require work and it does require um you know applying the same discipline to your work and i would have made that mistake that i would have only seen it as a hobby and i still write after all these years that whole experience you know I've I've written short stories and I'm now a business writer but I was I've got kids now but you know it threw me into a whole new world which I still it's I still enjoy but I had to learn the lesson that you still have to have discipline and you still have to treat it like a job and you you know because because we have a tendency to only want it to be fun and following your passions can suck sometimes it can be really stressful it can be really exhausting but that's the worth part you know it's worth it because it's your passion um and you know and for me when I was at home you know I would have said idleness kind of crept into my day you know mm -hmm. I might and, and as time went on, uh, I got less and less effective with my time. And I kind of took uh, quite a long time to brush my hair, you know, or brush my teeth, you know, because, hey, I have all day, Yeah. you know, to go to the shops and go to the post office. And you're like, and that was, for me, really toxic and really uh, such a waste of time. And if I was to look back on, on things I was really angry with myself about, was the amount of time I wasted Yeah. when I could have just been following stuff that I enjoy doing in a kind of work mentality. Get up early, get your shower, put your makeup on, put your nice clothes on. Nine o'clock, you're sitting somewhere doing something. 
Yes. Whether it's beading or coding or looking for jobs or badgering somebody on the phone for a job and opportunity, because you do have to badger people. I, I had to learn that too. I hate it. Yeah. But, but you have this work mentality about the stuff that you're doing, whether it's looking for a job, that becomes your job. Well, that requires d- discipline, work ethic, a place to work, a place we can go to and say, I'm at work now. Whether I, whatever I do here, it's work. And if I'm not working, I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I struggled with that because my home life was not that. My home was my sanctuary, my fun place. Yeah. It was not a place where I took anything seriously. And I kind of realized I'm wasting an opportunity here to turn my home into something more important, better than that. So I think idleness for me, was was a curse and i think getting doing creative writing programs or doing not night courses even on a few things i didn't actually really enjoy i did them so i would have something to study right you know that i had something to do other than look for a job which can get really demoralizing yeah. after a while um but i found that i found that the the, the wasting of the time in the middle of the day was a killer you know, Did you say that was uh, like the, the lowest, what would you say, would that be the lowest moment of your time that you felt like? Yeah, I think, uh, I, I, yeah, I think after about three or four months when I realized my master's wasn't going to work out, mm-hmm. I was trying to get a small business off the ground, but I didn't have enough contacts and I didn't have enough experience what I was trying to do. And then I was tra- planning on getting married as well. And um, I kind of got really stuck. And about three or four months into it, I started, and the jobs were coming through were very, just not great and I started thinking I've taken this big backward step and then things seemed dark for me my money was dwindling and I felt like this isn't a good thing this is a bad thing in my life Uh, and I did go through another month or so uh, before I got a new job and I I didn't like how I came across the interviews because I was trying too hard to convince them that I really was worth it instead of just going my experience should be speaking for itself I shouldn't be trying to persuade them I shouldn't be trying to oversell myself and I think you could do that and I've interviewed people who've been redundant and they're trying to overcompensate for themselves you're like you don't have to compensate for yourself I can see in your CV that you are a smart capable high achiever yeah. don't worry you know you feel like saying that to them but it, it makes you feel like you have to kind of overcompensate and you don't you right. really don't if you're making your time if you're making your time useful you should be proud to go and tell them what you're doing with your time i mean you like this what you're doing here you should be proud to go into an interview and say i've got all this experience on top of that is i'm broadcasting a podcast and i have been able to have chats with blah blah, blah. i mean it elevates you it just makes you go stand out among everybody else because you did something mm-hmm. something that has nothing to do with your work nothing to do with your career and you went hell I'm making this work for me, you know, and it gives off some energy that is, you can't ignore, you know? It is such good advice. Cause I know I'm, I would be, I would be very guilty of that. I think in an interview and I'm so glad, you know, that you did say that and that you had that experience yourself because it, it's hard to not feel like you have to justify why this happened to you and, yeah. and the situation. Yeah. But I think people who are listening, you know, will hopefully realize, cause I'm kind of coming to terms with this with myself that, you know, businesses and companies are going to know that, look, the coronavirus has affected a lot of businesses and they had to make a lot of really difficult cutthroat decisions that affected many, many people. Nothing to do with your work ethic and your skills and, and yourself. Like this is, everyone's going to understand about this unfortunate time. So I have yes. to keep reminding myself that, that no, don't, yes. as you said, don't, you know, have to feel like you have to justify it so much in those interviews. Yes. You know, you need to be able to yes. feel confident in yourself and I hope yeah, people yeah. 
listening on. And it, it comes down to how you feel about yourself of making you matter. You have to yeah. kind of, okay, my job is not there, but I matter. I'm making yourself matter. And it just, it comes off people. It just comes off them, you know. Um, um, but there, and it's, it's really, it's connecting with people. Don't isolate yourself. And, you know, really make your time, like be disciplined about your time management at home and don't waste too much of it. Even now with the kids in home, homeschooling, we started off really well. And now as the weeks are going on, we're just like, oh, this stuff. And I'm getting lazier and lazier yeah. and drunker and drunker. But like, you know, it affects everybody. The curse is idleness. And, and, and I think no one's immune. Yeah. Um, um, and I've had to shake myself out of it and say, OK, OK, we, have, we all have to get up earlier. We start earlier, we finish earlier, not to be dragging this on. So everybody is, no one's immune from from wasting time. Nobody no. is. But you'll regret it if you do. You will regret it if you do. So just, you know, yeah. I know I'm repeating myself. No, I'm no. Trying to think, but I think that brings else? me to your, to your book, The Surviving the Axe. And, yeah. you're, you know, you're very, you know, I love your sense of humor. And one of the reviews of the Amazon, in, on Amazon says, uh, for Surviving the Axe, um, it's a practical, informative and funny guide on how to cope with redundancy and find a job. This book is essential reading for all people looking for work. Um, so firstly, it is that is an incredible review. And secondly, I love that there is humor in the book. Um, mm. And I think mm. humor is just so important for people, especially to get through times like this. And, you know, yeah. and for yourself, I'd imagine, was that something that really helped you get through that? Yeah. Time? Oh my God, absolutely. And even waiting, and even when I was writing my first article, even waiting for the axe to fall, if I didn't have that group of people on a daily basis, just constantly, you know, ripping the piss out of the whole process, and even company, people in other companies, what they were going through, you had to laugh. Yeah. You really had to laugh. And, and the reason why that first article ever appeared in the Tribune, I think it's because it was a lighthearted take on what is a really heavy dark topic you know because I, I just feel I feel I have to bring humor to something otherwise I, you, you would get depressed yeah. and and also meeting my friends for lunch or coffee or just being on email with them I relied so heavily on the, those emails coming in and their ability to laugh at themselves as well or, or talk about really really tough interviews they went through right. really tough work or taking jobs because you're desperate and it's not working out, then looking back at it and laughing, like, what was I even doing there? I was so ill-equipped anyway to take the job. <laughs> and to be able to kind of have that a bit of that safe space to say, to tell the truth about how bad it is and to tell the truth about how you're messing up, but also to be okay with that and that everybody was too. And, then, you know, that's life. Yeah. Um, and not to expect too much from yourself. And I think girls do better on that than men. I think we're mm -hmm. able to step away from the um, the, 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 the definitions of, of, of importance, the way that men are attached to their job titles and their cars and their money. Definitely, I think, a lot more than women. And I do think, you know, any men I knew were made redundant, they were really badly affected by it. More so than, I think, women who kind of were upset and they had bad times, they had bad days. But looking back, they go, yeah, you know what? It was grand. I'm fine. I think I'm going to order myself, you know. So, so um, I, I know my husband saying to me, many days, I would not have been able to cope like you had. Like I would be coming home telling him about funny stories, talking to, you know, agencies who were trying to get me back into research that I'd left 10 years earlier. I'm like, does nothing else I've done the last 10 years matter? And you're not putting me in a research job back there? Oh my God, really? 
you know, so the, I, I would have those days and I'd come home and tell him, he'd go, oh God, yeah. I don't know how you cope with that. That would really upset me. I'm like, yeah, it kind of upset me, but I'm, I'm laughing about it. Yeah. It's like, so, so you have those days where you have to have humour, otherwise you do get upset. Or they'll say, um, you know, um, people will ask you in interviews, you know, what did you do wrong? People will actually say to you, you know, why were you chosen? And then you go on this long-winded explanation until it's, and, and then it's like, I don't, I don't really know. You know, it just was, the whole thing went awry, you know. Um, but you will be, and be ready for the difficult questions. And don't right. be upset about it. People ask a really horrible question yeah. or they make some horrible remark. They will. People are stupid. <laughs> and, and, and interviewers are equally stupid. People will do stupid things and say stupid things and be okay with that and go, exactly. that's just their journey that's their mentality nothing to do with me i'll be ready with a very very clear answer you know and just sidestep the difficult questions sidestep the gaps in your cv sidesteps the questions as to why you know you don't have to have an explanation it just is what it is because i found myself kind of being shocked at some of the things people would say to me i just go oh god does everyone think that does everybody think that and then you realize no, they just they just think that because they've never experienced this before. You know, exactly. life has just been sweet for them and they've never managed to go through this. So they're just a bit naive themselves. So you have to have a bit of forgiveness, you know, of the world yeah. for not getting your pain, you know. You know, and for sure. And I think that's a really good point because um, when you go into those interviews and you're and you're talking to people and you sometimes you feel like you get a great vibe with people. And you're like, oh, I'd love to work for this company. But there are, but at the same time, you kind of almost want, wish you could interview them because you're like, yeah, is this someone I actually want to yeah. work with? Because like, it's going to be yeah. your nine to five, or, you know, and most of the time longer. Like that's most yeah. of your life. And you want to like, do yeah. I, do I actually, would I get on with this boss or would I get on yeah. with this, with this yeah. colleague? So sometimes those questions that seem a bit harsh and naive, that's you're kind really of like, well, actually someone I want to work with. So maybe if you yeah. think about it, even in that way, it can kind of be helpful. Yeah. Too. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And desperation causes us not to assess yeah. companies as well as we normally would if we had a had a job and you were just scoping out an opportunity you have that you have that mentality of i'm going to ask them questions i'm going to suss them out i'm going to want to know the things but when you're desperate you're afraid to yeah. just go oh, just hire me just hire me and there's where you make the mistake you end up in a job in a company that and i did I ended up in a job in a company, and the funny thing is, like, and I, I, I and, and there was quite a few was grappling with this notion of the salaries are that we had experienced are not there currently. The jobs that we did are not there currently, so we have to do other types of jobs and other types of salaries, lower salaries, and you know, pride got in the way of. Uh, initially, I had to get my head around the fact that I needed to, and um, I was waiting for. You know, I had in my mind, no, no, I want to work, stay in the multinational environment and I want to do this type of role and I'm going to wait for that role to come up. And that turned out to be a mistake. And the reason why it turned out to be a mistake is I got a role like that about six months later and I ran out of the place three months after. Right. It was a horrible experience. And I thought to myself, I look back on the other companies who didn't have as much money and I didn't have a big, you know, blue chip name. And I wonder, had I been more open could I have been much happier? Could I have been had had much uh, more successful career? But I was I was proud and I was a bit of a snob, to be honest with you. And then I got what I wanted, and it turned out to be horrible. So uh, um, um, don't wait for the big job to come up. It may be the worst thing ever. 
it may be the road to hell, but but be open, be open hearted about smaller companies who don't have those big salaries and packages and freebies and travel, all the stuff that you got so used to, but have something else that's going to speak to your soul. Mm. Um, and it took me a while. And when I came out of that particular experience, I went back to smaller companies for a while before I, then I did go back into into the, the big company eventually. Yeah. And I stayed in Japan for six years. But 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 I had some really amazing experiences in smaller companies. And I go, what was wrong with me? Why did I not why did I say no to that? You know, why? Because because the, the salary would only have been just about enough to live on and that's and I, I would have been a snob, unfortunately, and I wish I hadn't been. Yeah, it's hard not to though. It's hard not to though, isn't it? When you're used to a certain lifestyle and a certain way that we were all used yeah. to living and even when it, how it's happening for yourself too, I think that yeah. that is what a lot of us are going to have to come to reality with. It's it's kind of, you know, okay, we might have worked for these big companies and this title sounded so great and fantastic, but, you know, the world is changing and, you know, there could be, as you said, many more amazing opportunities with startups now or smaller companies where you can get a lot more experience okay the pay may not be as great but the experience you'll get from it um, you don't have to be there forever you exactly. don't have to stay there forever you can, exactly. you can see it as a project yeah. you can treat it like a project and say i'm going to come in to do a b and c if they're looking to say maybe they want to build a whole digital um, world okay that's what i did i i went into a company and i built their digital services and then i just left you know it took me eight months and I didn't take it on as a career, as a, 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 a job per se, sort of as a project that I would be leaving at some point. And it meant that I could try out my skills. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's all in how you see it. You don't have to stay in it. Um, you don't even, even have to tell anybody about it if you don't want to. <laughs> but it's just for your own sanity. You could knock it off your CV if you really don't want to tell people, you, you know, yeah. you work for free or you worked, you know, for 60 quid a week, which I did with some, with my brother. He very generously gave me 60 quid every week to get to work for him. <laughs> you know, I dropped that from my CV, but I shouldn't have, I suppose. And he put me to work. Um, but, you know, things like that, um, 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 you, you're forced to open your mind. Yeah. Open your mind, open your mind, say yes to, to things you probably would have said no to. Um, and, and it's your loss. And like, like this, the world will align itself very quickly again. It will go back to its structured way um that we're used to and you'll probably find yourself back in there anyway um but why not take this year out to, to try the things you know uh, like you're doing but to say yes to companies who only have a basic salary to offer and to say well you know i could trust i could t i could you know um test myself i could really test myself here um why not yeah like if if you're not burdened with with mortgages why not why not just say this is a year of learning for me. This is a year of, of challenging challenges. You know, I love it. I love it. And I think as well with the surviving, um, the Axe book that you wrote, I, I love the topics that your book covers because um, I feel like it goes through the entire journey of a redundant of a redundancy process you go through like the unique world of unemployment which we've spoken a lot of and then the kind of getting organized phase to this um, networking and recruitment agencies stage to managing your money as you said can be the, the most stressful time and you even bring in handling negative thoughts to the interview and starting a new job again um, so I think I love that your book covers all of those aspects of, you know, the mind mm. and, and the journey that you but go through. But it is through. a journey. But 
you know yeah. that's what it is that's yeah. exactly what it is it's a journey it's not it's not a, a thing it's just a thing you go through yes and it's got stages it's got a beginning it's got a middle and it's got an end you know it's just up to you how where that journey takes you um but it will have an end because if you're anyway interested in getting a job you'll get one if you're experienced and you have good work ethic and you know a few people because your contacts are vital you know yeah. and i learned that during chaos and during uncertainty almost the only things that matter are that you can get on the phone to 10 people a day and say here's what i'm willing to do here's why i'm good here's here are all the things i'm good at here are my achievements you know and i would have probably made that mistake i may have kind of overused some people um, because they were connected and really kind of pissed them off and, 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 and overburdened them and then I would have been afraid to call others in case it had it meant that I'd have to admit that things weren't going well uh, you know so but spread yourself all over everybody who you know and have mm. you know and I would have played maybe kind of given too much information and confused them you yeah. know I would have made a I should have made a it took me a while I think to make a crystal clear you know this is what I've achieved this is what I'm good at and these are the kind of jobs I'd be willing to do. Three or four options. Can you just send my CV with that, that message on to three people you know or four people you know with a, with a quick, quick recommendation? And most people were more than happy to do it. They're like, great, send it to me. Send me the summary. I'll forward it on. And um, it, 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 it takes kind of swallowing your pride a bit. Yeah. And to know that, no, you're not where you should be. Your career is not where it should be. And, you know, this was a terrible thing. But you know what? It is what it is. And to be honest, um, but I, I would have not used my network enough. I certainly would have, wouldn't have gotten the phone quick enough. Um, I was kind of cocksure of myself. I just thought I could just get a job. Yeah. I could just apply and get it like I always had. I never had trouble getting, getting a job before. I soldier in with my experience. I, I just seemed to get a job. And this was the first time I didn't. This was the first time that I didn't, I had no plan and I had nothing was working. Um, and then I had to get on the phone. Like my husband was at the time, uh, my, my boyfriend, he's now my husband, was saying to me, like, get, why did you ring this person? Why did you ring that person? I thought you would have rung him by now. And I hadn't. I hadn't yeah. rung them. I, I wanted to come at them like as a peer and not yeah. as, he's helped me. And I realized I'm still your peer. I just need help right now. And I would help you in a heartbeat. You know, this is, this is, you know, something that I would do for you. So I, I kind of, I kind of thought that I was, I was ringing them up as a lesser person, but you're not. You're just ringing them up as your peer, just to ask them for help because you would help them, you know, but I would have not been like that. But once I did, once I got on the phone, you know, little opportunities, you know, started popping up everywhere. Um, um, and that's, it's the, it's the name of the game, I'm afraid, you know, it's, it's like who your network is. I completely and do you know what I'm only figuring that out now and even when I moved to Vancouver last year trying to find a job it is very much like that you know it, it's it feels it, it's, it you have to swallow your pride it's just like look if you yeah. want if you want to try and get a job you truly think you'll enjoy and um, and you want to you know get your foot in the door it is these days unfortunately networking it's it's you can, if you get to the interview stage without knowing someone in the business and fair dues to you, like clearly your CV or whatever you've done, you you know, you really stood out. But a lot of the time it is, as you said, someone, who, if you haven't heard back from that job, it's probably because someone internal, as you said, took it because there's networking happening internally and people wanting to try different things. Or it is someone who happened to knew some, know someone internally. So it is having those contacts and to not be afraid to reach out to your friends and to, not, and to swallow your pride. Because as you said, 
you would do it for them. So why not reach out to them as well? well your friend, your friends, your, your yeah. network is bigger than you realize. Yeah. And um, um, it's not just your immediate friends, it's your colleagues, mm-hmm. previous colleagues, it's your college friends, it's your aunties and your uncles, it's your cousins who have jobs. You know, I would have, I would have not even thought about that because, you know, I'd be afraid my mother would give out to me for my uncle. <laughs> and then you, then the following year, I was talking to my uncle about it. He was like, oh my God, why didn't you ring me? Yeah. You silly girl. I didn't want to burden him, you know, and things like that, that, that you get yourself into knots. Right. So like every day you should be literally ringing 10 people yeah. or, 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 or contacting them and saying, just not where I need to be. This is where I'm, what I'm looking at. If you can just keep an eye or send this on to a few people, if you, I mean, you have to be clear about what you want them to do. Right. You know, if it's just that you want them to send on your details and a quick summary of what you're good at, what your achievements are really, um, that's it and just just send out to three people most people will have no problem you do for anybody and I've done it myself a million times when people are coming into Ireland or they were abroad for a while or they want to get into multinationals or they want to get out of multinationals I was in connected so many people so many others and they've done it for me and the, it, it's the it's the only game in town I'm afraid it really is um, in in these kind of days you know and I think how I think another cool tip would be how did you manage to organize yourself when you were at home? What did what were there any kind of key tips that you that helped you get you through your day to to keep you in a routine and to keep you organized to kind of stay in the zone? Um, what do you think helped? Did you have anything that helped you in particular? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you do have to find a space in your house, however tiny, that says this is my workspace. Right. So when I arrive here in this tiny little corner, this tiny little table, you know, shoved against a, a bookcase, that's the space I go to to make phone calls, to write my CV, to to do research, whatever. But when I'm here, I'm working, and if I'm doodling. Or if I'm Googling people, then I'm leaving. I'm going into the kitchen. But I had to do that because I was working. The kitchen, I, was, I had no space. And I had no headspace. Mm-hmm. And I did that. I just said, you know, because otherwise it stays with you forever. It's there 24-7. And never psychologically never leaves you. So if you have a little tiny little corner, then you can just put your computer down there and stick up some, you know, your list of achievements, your list, your, your, your affirmations that how good you are, what you've achieved in life, just stick it up there so you can just read it. Um, and then um, when the time has come, because there's only so many calls you can make, there's only so many things you can do for your job, then you leave it. It's done. It's finished. It's two hours. I'm done. And then you go do something else. But I also um, find that you can lie around in bed and listen to the radio and then Asher, I'll listen to the next one and I'm sure I'll read that book. And it's a time waster. Get up, stop sitting around in your pajamas. And I would have been terrible for that. Yeah. You know, and then at five o'clock getting into the shower because I've got to go to the post office. It's like, no, that's terrible. I hated myself for it. Yeah. So get up, get a shower. And I, I used to see that with people who were coming in for interviews in the afternoon and you could feel it they just had a shower yeah you just advertised to me that you've nothing to do all day because you have you have a shower in the afternoon you know productive people get a shower in the morning (laughs) and by the afternoon there's a scruffiness to them from you know a day of productivity because you don't know somebody could call you up in the middle in in the morning and say can i see you this afternoon right it can can be like that Mm -hmm. or can you come now you know, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, oh no, gotta get to the shower, gotta, you know, 
and also have have your clothes ready for a, for a last minute meeting that someone might say do you have time for coffee now have a suit ready cleaned have it there hanging so you can but get up in the morning early you know getting a job is a job it is your job now you know keeping yourself mentally sane that's your job now keep yourself yeah. in good spirits with a good mentality that's your job and you have to do work on yourself um through whatever through your affirmations through your sports through your connecting with people through your passions that's that's going to be a job you're going to have to do and do it well because if you don't do that well that will affect you more than anything uh, but like get up early get your shower get dressed wear your makeup put on your nice clothes put on the clothes that make you feel good get the perfume on you know and and be ready at half eight at your desk to make your first phone call you know don't wait till half 11 don't saunter in you know to half 11 which i used to do yeah and then they don't they don't want to call you it's mid-morning they're busy you know they don't want to hear from you um so get in early um and organize a time to call them and say i'm going to call you maybe monday early if that's not that time isn't good give me time that is good you know i'll just call them you know um i definitely had to work that into my my um my home routine because my home routine up to that point was just relaxation fun yeah. no rules no schedule no nothing that's how i tuned out but i had to realize that i was this is my working world now this yeah. little office is my working world um definitely that but 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 have time in the day that you can look forward to things because if you have something in the if it's just you know, sitting, reading your book or, or going, having a glass of wine, but, but make a nice thing for yourself at the end of the day. And that kind of motivates you too, to get up to do yeah. things. So you can feel, you can look forward to something or meet a friend for coffee. Know that at 11 o'clock, meeting a friend for coffee, it kind of motivates you to get your shit done. It does. Before you go. When you've got nothing good to look forward to or nothing fun to look forward to, you just let the day fly. You let the day slide. So you do have to kind of have those things to to to, to motivate you. You have to motivate yourself. Yeah. But, but but affirmations are only going to go so far. But like, give yourself treats. You know, yes. Give yourself the odd day off too. Put a sickie. You give yourself the odd day. Where like, <laughs> I can't call anybody today. I can't apply for any more jobs. Yeah. I'm not. I'm having a day off for me. Take a day off, but just come back to it. Yes. The next day. I the same totally. Yeah, I, I totally agree with all of that. I, I've heard many people who, like yourself, I would respect and all that advice has been given to me. It's, you know, find that space in, in the apartment that you can or in the house where it is your work zone. I'm still guilty of going to the couch and being like, oh, sure, I'll just write this up here. And, you know, just to change up and to get more comfortable. But like, I need, I, I still need to learn to do that, to get into the zone where no waiting, you know, keep to your work zone and just get the stuff done there and then you know treat yourself by going to the couch with the coffee then after you feel like you've done the things you needed out of your you know off your list yeah um I yeah. think that is really key because it's so easy just as you said oh, I'll just watch one more episode of this or I'll listen to that one more podcast or That's whatever right. it might be um on the That's radio right. and I remember um a colleague of mine a male colleague of mine I met him uh, one day and he said he had to turn off his television because he, he, he turned on his television and there was a John Wayne movie and he had got up early, he got dressed, turned on the television, bad idea, don't turn on your television or, or switch off your news feeds or your Kardashian feeds because it's a rabbit hole, it's a rabbit hole that it you is. go into and you waste an hour and then he went to turn off the television and there was another John Wayne movie on 
by the time he got away from the television, he had watched a John Wayne trilogy and it was four o'clock in the afternoon. He said, I was so ashamed of myself and I was roaring laughing. Yeah. Going, I have done the same, yeah. you know, with fashion TV or whatever. I've sat there and just literally brain dead, yeah. wasted two hours on nothing. Yeah. And you do have to put magazines away from you, books, mm-hmm. get the television off. Mm-hmm. Even news, even news is depressing. Yeah. It is yeah. so depressing. Turn the bloody thing off. There's nothing new there. And if there was something new, you'd find out some other sources. <laughs> Turn it off because it can really wreck your head. But also it distracts you to the point that you're like, okay, well, what was I doing? Yeah. Oh, I was going to do something. I was going to call somebody. Who did I say I was going to call? Did I just miss that call? You know, and it's terrible. I mean, you beat yourself up over it. So um, it is, it's hard, I mean, particularly when you're on your own in the house, not to put on the radio, or on the TV, sort of Googling stupid things, yeah. you know, but don't, don't, don't. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's just, it's an abyss you'll fall into. It's a dangerous cycle for sure, which I have to, yeah. I'm still learning to, to not fall down myself into it. Yeah. Um, oh, me too. I, I think as well, a lot of people, as you've mentioned before, you kind of, you get into these negative thoughts and you do go through those emotional roller coasters. So you'll have your good days and you'll have your bad days. How did you help manage those negative thoughts um, yourself? Did you find that writing was your outlet for, your, for you or were there any other kind of coping mechanisms that helped? Yeah, I mean, writing definitely distracted me and it actually forced me to tell the truth a little bit, you know, that I could be honest with myself about the fact that it was hard and I was struggling mm-hmm. and I didn't have all the answers and I felt bad about myself mm-hmm. and I felt like I'd made bad decisions and I'd beat myself up over maybe facilitating my own redundancy by dabbling with voluntary redundancy and putting my head above the paraffin and how silly I was and I should so you end up beating yourself up on what ifs and regrets and I think I do that too now I should have done it like that I should have done it like that and why I should have taken that job because that job would have given me an opportunity to go to Holland and, and there's an awful lot of that like reliving your life the way you should have done and you realize it's a mess you shouldn't do that because the the um the the outcome would probably have been the same Mm-hmm. could have been worse even for you um and there's no point in trying to rewrite the past it's finished maybe you did make mistakes and maybe you were horrible to your boss one night and maybe you know what you didn't do that thing right or didn't do who cares everyone's the same people mess up people make the wrong choice and anyway you don't know if the outcome would have been any different anyway but i think i definitely did do an awkward what ifs in my head that just uh, made me feel bad about myself however I did um through through talking to other people and me counseling others I said don't say that about yourself you're this you're that remember you achieved that remember you did that like it within time within budget and no one else could do it so I found myself telling people other things and they would tell me the same just write it down write down your achievements and just post them on a wall write down what people said about you good things they've said about you and like visualize your life visualize it write down what your life what you want your life to be and like really just just visualize it rather than going down a rabbit hole of looking at the internet go down a rabbit hole of visualizing your best life putting it in your in your head your best life and writing it down how how it looks and because the brain is a funny thing you know our brains do react to to what we feed them yeah um, and if we breathe them negativity it produces more of it and we feed them positivity it produces more of it because a lot of the time you are on your own you're going to have to do this for yourself yeah. um and you can let it make you you can let it break you 
but it is your decision in the end, you know. Um, and I found myself particularly going for interviews, making sure I had in my head, like, okay, I built, I helped build a shed, I planted tons of flowers, I, I helped, I helped the neighbour with his leaves. You know, I started being a little bit prouder of stuff that I had done, even if it was mundane stuff. Yeah. If I joined a community group to clean up, I just told people, you know, they say, well, what are you doing with your time? I'm like, well, yesterday I joined a community tidy group and we just went out and cleaned the estate. And you could see people's faces. They were like, that's good. Yeah. That's great. At least you're doing something, you know. Exactly. Whereas before you'd be embarrassed to tell people that. Yeah. So I, I just I just kind of came clean as well yesterday. Um, I um, I did a baking course and um, now I'm getting into baking. Or um, and it doesn't matter what it is. It's something you're you're challenging yourself and you're you're making your time matter and you're connecting. I think that's all people want to know. That you're not you're not got into a little hole and you're not getting bitter. Mm-hmm. And that you're still feeling good about yourself. I think pe- that comes off your attitude, comes off way more than your CV, yeah. really. And it's really hard, but it's a discipline to manage your attitude over anything else. And even if you do need somebody in the interview room, which happened to me, who used to work for you, you're like, okay, wow. this is hard. Yeah. But you gotta stomach it. It's life, it's a journey. Next year, maybe the opposite again. Exactly. Because that's the thing about jobs. It, it it comes and swings and roundabouts and you know a low is tough but you know you have to swallow it and go this is weird but it is what it is you know um and make the best of it uh so yeah that's that's kind of i i had to get into that frame of mind but be around positive people yeah don't hang around negative people if you find that you're meeting people and they're, they're struggling and they're really bitter it's going to affect you. You have to cut your ties. You have to say bye to them mm-hmm. and just be around people who can see the funny side of life, who can see the crazy side of life, but who are also don't see you any differently. Right. You know, you have a job, you have no job. It's not going to change how I see you. You're just saying it's still the same person. Um, um, but be kind of ruthless about who you're hanging out with, you know, yeah. because their worry and their anxiety can feed off you and then you start to panic you know um but really a ruthless culling of of negative people is i had to kind of do that you know even with you know aunties and uncles or you know some of my family you know would be a bit panicky they had jobs for life they were government employees and they'd be like have you got a job no oh my god how long is it now you know you're like, don't say this to me don't yeah. talk to me because that's putting me in a bad mood now you know yeah yeah so be people who are okay with stuff like that who've had uncertainty who've lived with uncertainty small business owners you know, artists, you know, people who just live with uncertainty every day of their lives. Yeah. You go, what's the problem? Get over it. Just do something else with your time. So you get over yourself, you know? Yeah. But who you who you talk who you talk to has a huge impact, you know. Um, but also what you watch on TV, the books you read. I stopped reading kind of books on wars and books on violence and violence. I started I started avoiding books that made me feel scared. Right. <laughs> you know, I just, I just I just read uplifting books that, that made me laugh. You know, I didn't need any more of that in my life. You know, I was like, no more TV programs, no more thrillers, no more heavy stuff that's going to actually make me feel anxious. I've got enough of that in my life. So I was, even my reading um, preferences changed to kind of more fantastical, kind of Harry Potter-esque, you know, stuff than, than, you know, the usual kind of dark thrillers, which I had liked up to that point. So you kind of have to do a lot of culling um in life you know and, and just just make room for the positive and really just aggressively cut out the negative um because it is tough you have bad days and to give yourself that 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 pat on the back and say you know what i'm doing great 
Yeah. I'm doing bloody great. No, I'm great, you know. <laughs> I love that. And I, do you know what? I also um, think I saw a really cool website that just came out and it's called um, noworries.com. Um, and it, it is very cool. You can actually test your stress level like today, like each day you can, you can test it out. And That's cool. Yeah. yeah and, it, and it provides like really great tr- uh, tips for stress and anxiety as well. And what's also reassuring yeah. is that like the website is, um, is that they're all qualified clinical psychologists registered oh, look at that. Yeah, yeah with the with the psychology psychological society of ireland the psi and mm. the british psychological society bps so when i yeah. think that i was like that's a really clever idea um yeah. it does give people tips during this time where yeah you know, where you might not be able to you know get out of your own head and you know when you're going through that downward spiral i think yeah it's just great to see these kind of websites and apps that are starting to yeah um, from all of yeah. this, but I totally agree with you. It, you do need to surround yourself around positive things and people. Otherwise, you do you do get into a rut. So I, I think those have been incredible tips. Um, and I wonder, what point did you feel when you when you were unemployed, where you felt really positive and optimistic again? Was there a certain point in your journey where you felt, you know, this was it, or was it? Uh, an emotional roller coaster where you know it's definitely an emotional roller coaster you know particularly when you think an interview's gone very well or um you had just a great great call from somebody who just lifted you up you'd feel good about yourself and it could last that's a few hours but really you know it's the moment that you walk through the door and say i'm back yeah you know even if it doesn't work out yeah i walk through a door i've got a desk with my name on it i'm back yeah you know i don't know if i can live on this money but hey, I'm back. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, an important mental leap that I had to make, you know, just get back in any way you can. Um, and, but I, I, I think yeah, anytime I had a good meeting, it did buoy me up, you know, um, or the offer of a job, you know, even if you weren't that interested, you were happy that they actually saw you um, as, as worthy. Um, but it's, it's an up and it's a down. And sometimes yeah. you can have a whole slew of feelings in one hour yeah you could be in despair you could be happy you could be scared you could be at peace like in the space of an hour you know for me that's that's what it is it's just, it just there's no the emotional journey of redundancy they talk about you know shock you know grief anger i'm like yeah that's the first five minutes <laughs> and then the next five minutes is a whole raft of other emotions and the next five minutes there is no stopping it it's just you got to be at peace, but you got you got to be kind to yourself, and and just you know, you do have to just really just be kind to yourself and say, if I can't be kind to myself, well, who who is going to be kind to me? You know, I've got to be, I've got to I've got to give myself a, a, a pat on the back for what I have achieved, and and when you survive it, say I survived it, I survived a tough journey, and 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 to wear it as a badge of honor, yeah. wear it as a badge of pride, not as a badge of shame, but as a badge of survival, as a badge of you know, I survived that and I was intact. I was emotionally intact. I wasn't in, 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 in you know, a mental hospital. I wasn't an alcoholic at the end of it. I did that and I had my friends still and I said, I had friends left. So, you know what? Fair dues to me. Pat me in the back, you know, exactly. because you do, you have to kind of pat yourself in the back for, for, for surviving tough journeys. And that's what it is. It's a journey. There is a, there's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end and there will be an end. It's just, it's minding yourself and, being ruthless about ringing people yeah you know and you'll get out of it you will get out of it of course and you're going to come back stronger there's no doubt there's no doubt about it you're going to go back into it and then 
you'll be kind of daydreaming about all the time you had. Mm-hmm. Going, God, remember when I had all that time to just sit around and enjoy my coffee when you're stressed out of the next job, you know? Yeah, yeah. You start to kind of be nostalgic for all that time you had. <laughs> so it never happened. No, it's so true. And look, I, I know I keep mentioning and going back to your book, but I would recommend it to people because there's just so many topics in here that I think it would really, would really benefit people. Cause you have even a section for how to see yourself in the best light and how to get out there with yeah. confidence. And this may seem impossible to a lot of people right now, even when you're saying, you know, there is, there is the end of this story for a lot of people. They, they really, they can't see that at the at this minute. Um, but it's important for people to understand that they will get there eventually. Um, what are yeah. those key next steps? Um, would you have, you know, for people to start thinking that way again, even though it might not be possible now, but in order to get in that mindset, to, to, to start interviewing for that new job yeah I mean I mean to know you're still working yeah you're not you haven't stopped working mm-hmm. you just stopped getting paid mm-hmm. but you're still working you're just working for yourself now mm-hmm. you're working for your um your own um, um future and your own career you are working for yourself but you're still working and treat this like a job mm-hmm. you are you have a job it's a strange job it's a job you don't want it's a job you're being forced to get you forced to do, and it, you can feel resentful that you're being forced to do a job you don't want to do. But 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 even in, in in a job you love, we do things we don't want to do, and we get resentful of being told to do things we don't want to do. Um, it's part of life. So this is just you're still working, you're still planning, and don't be afraid to stop dreaming. Why would you stop dreaming? Because you know what, this whole world is affected by it, and then with with chaos comes opportunity. It comes, there's always light after darkness. There's always sunshine after rain. That's the way of nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and either you're on the sunny side of it or you're on the dark side of it. But never give up the mentality that you're not working. That's a bad frame of, of mind to get into. Mm-hmm. And is to get your communities, you know, light them up with you. Light up your contact network. Light up the communities about you and what you're about. Because, you know, if you don't, well, other people are going to do it. So while yeah. you're sitting there feeling sorry for yourself, everybody else is out there selling themselves. So you may as well get the hell out there, you know? Don't yeah. get left behind, you know? Don't, you know and, and, and I think that's that's what I would, like, treat yourself like a, 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 your own little corporation. And um, that's just, unfortunately, on the on the down on the down financially. But but you will get through this. And this is what you have to say. This is temporary. This is crap. But I'll come out of this stronger, wiser. And you are wiser. And I will absolutely say, having been through it twice, been through it twice you are a little wiser you're wiser about yourself mm-hmm. and you're a little bit more grateful you yeah. are a little bit more grateful about stuff and you're less, you're less likely to moan and this less likely to get political um i think you do live your life with a little bit more gratitude if you if you allow it it to be called a positive thing right. as opposed to something to make you bitter but it, there, there is you have to tell yourself all the time you know i will come back stronger there's no question about it it's just a question of when yeah um but light up your, your contact network about who, how great you are, because you are, you are, you know, you, you have so much to offer. Everybody does. And you have to believe it. And, and they believe it too. Um, um, but the mentality is I'm not working. Mm-hmm. And I've even corrected people who say I'm not working right now. I said, you are, you're yeah. working, you're getting a job, you're working on you. You're working on the important, working on building you mm-hmm. and building you, building your strength and building your resilience. That is a job in itself. And that'll be the most important job you'd ever do in life. Um, and it did take me a while to get my head around that. I would have said I would have wasted time, energy, 
uh, opportunities, plenty of opportunities, mm-hmm. um, been completely with the wrong frame of mind, you know. Um, and um, I mean, desperation is terrible, and and it's okay to be desperate. It's okay to take a job that's not suitable for you. Um, that is only half the, the salary just to get yourself back into a, into, into that working world. But if yeah. you can't, and there is, there's still going to be a little bit of time to go before you do that, you're working at home. You are yeah. working on yourself. You're working on you, the most important project of all. You know? I love that. And I, I was also given great advice too, where, you know, if you are, you are in this position and, you know, it, it's, you know, it is okay to take that six months job or whatever job it might be as, and it's such an, it's such an easy story to tell that, that dream job you, you eventually found and what you got to, to say, look, this was just a learning period for me. This was a period that I needed in order to support exactly. myself. But, you know, yeah. make sure you go into that other interview interview with what you learned from that particular position yeah. you know these yeah. are the key skills yeah. that I gained from it but I knew it was my you know leapfrog job and I was eventually I was waiting for this big moment so there's so, so certainly so many ways that you can approach situation and to not feel pressured that you know and on the other side of that on the other side of that it could throw you into another world that you never would have taken and you yeah. might find yourself there you might find um your your tribe there you might find skills there that you're going to go you could be going that's odd because i never would have ever considered going down this path and i did go down this path and i found something really important for me so and like I, when i took when i waited stupidly waited for that big job and that big company and then it turned out to be hell i said to myself how stupid was I? I should have maybe taken those opportunities, the smaller opportunities, the smaller companies. How stupid was I? Because that big thing didn't work out in the end for me. And waiting for it and holding off for it was actually a mistake. So um, so there's light, there's light everywhere, you know, and um and I but I do I absolutely get it. You know, have your moments where you're feeling sorry for yourself because we are entitled to that as well. You're entitled to have a big old slump, but then treat yourself to you know, not too much wine, but maybe half a glass or a call with a friend is going to make you laugh. Yeah. Tell me a funny story. And I sometimes used to ring some of my really funny friends up and say, just tell me a funny story, anything. Mm-hmm. Tell me a story again. Just make me laugh because I am feeling like crap. I was supposed to get that job and it hasn't worked out. Yeah. I'm having the worst day ever. And they would. And people do it for me. You know, they yeah. go, anybody got any jokes? I've seen so many of that lately. Anybody got any good jokes? And you just send them around to make people laugh get through the moment the moment passes it does pass that panic and that desperation does pass and then you know it's 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 the next day you know so but you have a good mentality I've definitely noticed Adrian just listening to you talk like you've got a lot figured out that a lot of people haven't you know a lot of people are still in panic mode shock mode anger mode and they're paralyzed by it and you don't seem to be which is great you seem to have kind of transcended that and said, no, I'm, I'm doing, I'm going to hold my head high and I'm going to, you know, do something important for me, you know, and which is know, great. I, and it's, it's funny because I have been, you know, I really appreciate all of those amazing compliments because I, I think I'm just lucky that I managed to find this, you know, podcast type passion and and the topic as therapy and it has really helped me but I have also been in positions as you said as well myself in the past where I've moved to another country and trying to find a job there and getting into those low moments and I didn't do something like this with my time then and I found myself in those routines so I think I nearly recognized that I didn't want to go into that path again this time round and so I think I yeah. learned a lot from the first time round as you said yeah. Yeah, and it yeah. does make such a big difference, and and as you say, and 
I, that's why I hope this podcast will, will help people uh, for sure that they can they know that these are these kind of key tips and and tools in order to to get by these difficult times because as you said there yeah. is there is the light at the end of the tunnel and that's the whole reason for this uh podcast yeah. and, and I yeah. suppose it's actually even got to the point where at this episode where I mean you've given so many incredible tips and I don't even know how you can choose three out of the amazing advice that you've given. But if you could give three tips to give fellow furloughers or people who are unemployed uh, at this time in order to keep their heads up high, um, what what would those three key ones be, do you think? I suppose there would be, um, you know, really your time is precious. You can always make your money back, but you can't make time back. So make your time matter. You know, really try for you, for your own, uh, for your own interests and your own um, well-being. Make your time matter, but 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 watch the idleness, watch the time wasting, because it does. It just creeps in, and the next thing you know, it's taking you an hour to put like a stamp on a letter. You know, um, but also realize it is a journey. There is a beginning, a middle, and an end. You're in the middle of it. It's crap, but you're going to come out of it. And it's what kind of person is going to emerge. Only you can decide that. What person is going to emerge from this cocoon? How are you, what kind of butterfly will you be? Will you be one with broken wings? Will you be one with colorful wings? Only you get to decide that. And you've got to work on yourself, you know. Um, And there's lots of online tools. There's lots of online um, resources there that didn't, I didn't have back then Mm. that I would have loved. I would have needed to support me. But, But build your network, get on that phone. Get on the phone to anybody who's working, get your CV, get a list of the kind of jobs you would do, even temporary, even part-time, doesn't matter, what your what your achievements were, what you're good at, and get that and stick it on the wall and read it to yourself 10 times a day. And and I know, I know you will come through it. Know that you will come through it. It's just a journey. You're going to come through it whether you like it or not. Um, it's up to you to see how 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 you what you emerge, what emerges out of that. I, I don't know what else. And, no. and the money the money's important. Yeah, no, I those are they're brilliant. And I know I'll be doing that now. I have yet to put something I've written down like, you know, all the positive things, you know, to help me as well. Like I have done that, but I have you know, it's written down in a book somewhere. But as you said, put it on a wall. I love that. So you're constantly, you know, looking at it and reminding yourself and having that positive energy around you. Um but Lisa, thank you so much. This has been You're more than welcome. I, I think this has been an, an incredible, incredible conversation. And I know this is gonna be just so helpful to so many other people. So I do appreciate you coming on and and I recommend anyone to to look at Amazon or I don't know if there's anywhere else where you can buy the book at the minute, but surviving the axe, because I mean it, it'll is help. It- you know, it's a book that was written, um, kind of written about nine years ago now. So it's a long, long time out of print. But I think it probably, there is probably some copies milling around. <laughs> but um, yeah, but thanks for mentioning it. So thanks everyone for joining. Um, I hope for those that needed it, it was helpful. As Lisa says, this is a journey and, you know, you're just in the middle of it and there is an end to it. So thank you all very much and I hope to be talking to you guys again soon. Bye.